I've lost my suitcase somewhere between Cebu, Philippines, and Dulles International Airport. I suspect it's in Japan, but there isn't any real evidence it even made that far. Yes, the question of the year was, would America welcome me back? The answer is a resounding yes. I was not detained at the airport as usual. Just ushered in with a welcome back from the immigration official, but Asia. Asia has not been so kind to give me back, at least not completely, by withholding my suitcase. And that would include my microphone. So if I sound a little bit different for this episode, that is why. Hopefully, my suitcase will be returned to me and everything in it, including various items, various important items such as several pairs of underwear and and socks. All right, but we're going to keep this thing rolling. We are going to continue without stopping. Welcome back to my TCK podcast where we answer ridiculous questions like, where are you from? It's been hard to keep up and get episodes out lately because of the transition from country to country. And I do apologize for being late for my regular listeners who have been accustomed to me getting an episode out each week. um, I am a bit late, but nevertheless... It's great to get back on here. I'm here in the U.S. I'm passing out at about 4 p.m. and wide awake at about 4 a.m. And um, experiencing all the wonders of jet lag. I was part of an English language fellowship conference preparing us for our 10-month stint as Goodwill Ambassadors of the U.S. Department of State. Of course, I will be headed back to Turkey once again as a renewing fellow. It was wonderful, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of conversations over wine and dinners until midnight, lots of things going on. It was really, really great. Now, the dust has settled a little bit. I'm with my parents and my sister's family. Yeah, I'm going through what some might call reverse culture shock. For me, I think though it's just plain culture shock. I feel like a complete stranger checking out at grocery stores, keeping up with multiple native English speakers in the room. It's this constant assault of strangeness that at first I feel like shouldn't be strange because it's my native language. It's the culture of my origins. But strange the nevertheless. I've been waking up early because of jet lag. And I walked the beautiful North Carolina coast. My parents rented an Airbnb in Kitty Hawk on the Outer Banks. 
and as I was walking, I suddenly cried. I was homesick. I missed Asia. I missed my family. I missed what was familiar to me. Strange, uh, considering I was in Turkey not only 10 months ago, but still kind of struggling to get a grip on the transition here back home in the U.S. Then it struck me. As a TCK, many of us struggle feeling at home anywhere. And I realized suddenly that I had one. It wasn't the place I grew up. It wasn't where I was from, technically. But I felt foreign in the U.S. and Turkey, but not in the Philippines, not in Cebu. I had purpose there. I had deep connections there. The person I trust the most in my life, my best friend and only lover, was there. My super kids, my granddaughter. I had made a life there, and I longed to be there. I suddenly had peace. I didn't have to completely fit in here with my parents and sister. I have a home, and I represent them in a way. I see the world now through the lens that I have with them in my life and the challenges that come with it. And there's not any part of this experience overseas that doesn't come without the thought that I have a family back home in the Philippines. I'm constantly talking about them and showing pictures of my grandchild, whether people are interested or not. Despite the enormous amount of commotion at this conference, I was able to take some quiet walks in early in the morning in D.C. And I had the chance to walk around the mall. Our hotel was situated very, very close to all things very significant in D.C. And uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time to consider all the has taken place in my life thus far and where it has taken me. I had a lot of profound thoughts about my life as I walked around the Jefferson Memorial, the Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt Memorials, and finally the Dr. Martin Luther King Memorial. It was really inspiring. This one from Franklin Delano Roosevelt Memorial he says, the structure of world peace cannot be the work of one man or one party or one nation. It must be a peace which rests on the cooperative effort of the whole world. I thought that was a wonderful quote considering the book that I'm writing and the bridges that I talk about that should be built all over the place. Anyways, that was awesome. Another one that I think might be appropriate in this day and age. He says, I have seen war. I have seen war on land and sea. I have seen blood running from the wounded. I have seen the dead in the mud. I have seen cities destroyed. I have seen children starving. I have seen the agony of mothers and wives. I hate war. I think that's very appropriate coming from a president, our wartime serving president during World War II. On to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. My favorite quote among many written in stone there at his memorial. 
The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. The following day, I went to the Lincoln Memorial and cried as I passed by the World War II Memorial just with just the weight of war hanging in the early morning breeze there. Just the realities of how ugly we are as human beings, how much destruction we can cause, how much pain and suffering we cause each other needlessly, and the wonder of why God allows these things to happen in the first place. One of my favorite observations about D.C. was just how international it was. Rarely did I talk to someone with similar accents or colors of skin, whether it was at the Hilton or just folks running the metro or running around the mall. On the final day, I woke up early to walk to the White House, and there was an Indian family, parents, and their two sons taking pictures, and I asked where they were from. The parents immediately responded, India. And their eldest, however, said, Illinois. <laughs> and it was just funny because I just looked at the sun and thought, yeah, TCK. You don't know where you're from. <laughs> it's been fun catching up with my my family, uh, my parents, my sister's family. She has nine kids, seven of which are all here with us at the Outer Banks. It's been fun getting reacquainted with them. Bit of culture shock going along with that, but fun nevertheless. In two weeks, I will be in Korea. And in three weeks, I'll be back in the Philippines with my family. And in a little bit more than four weeks, I will be back in Turkey as a fellow. Very, very busy schedule. Uh, we are certainly looking forward, forward, past my fellowship in Turkey to see what will happen next. I am hoping that I get to spend some time living the conventional life with my wife and kids at some point. We are working on an adoption process that involves me adopting my three kids, my wife's kids from her first marriage, and that should be going through soon. And uh, that may change the destiny of us all, what country we work or live in, etc. As you heard in my previous episode, my wife aspires to work and save money to provide her mother with opportunities to travel and live comfortably at some point because of the sacrifices she made for her kids. So we've even considered switching places. Uh, my wife works abroad in the U.S. and I stay with my kids in the Philippines but that would be contingent on me finding a stream of income in the Philippines. I'm flirting with proposals to multinationals as a communications consultant, especially in the BPO or business process outsourcing community, which is prominent in the Philippines and Cebu specifically. Chances are you may have called and gotten a customer service agent that is a Filipino. 
I feel I can save these companies some money with my advice. Possibly. If I'm lucky, my book might sell well and be a start to a wider success as an author. That would be great and that would add some financial flexibility as well and probably um, more books. <laughs> probably lead to more books. Hopefully, uh, you're wondering about my book. <laughs> Maybe you're wondering what's going on with that. Yes, uh, some of the efforts in that regard have slowed to a trickle because of my schedule. So not only my podcast has been affected, but finishing the book. But I was really pleasantly surprised to see a number of people signed up for my newsletter to get updates on the book's progress and the future ensuing crowdfunding campaign that kicks everything off and provides people the opportunity to get an early copy of the book and much more, celebrating its release into the world. If you are a first-time listener, then you can check out my website. talks about my book titled Building Bridges, how can we love and relate in a polarized world? If that message resonates with you, I highly encourage you to sign up and read the first chapter. Of course, the link is in my show notes. www.sullyworks.com Thank you if you are listening to the podcast and you signed up. You can kind of say that this podcast episode is a bit of an update, I guess, on what the heck is going on in my life as far as the podcast goes i may get my sister on here next week if we have some time i do have a slew of colleagues in the english language program that are bona fide tck's and it will be fun to bring them on to share their stories where they are from and all the other ridiculous details of their international and highly transient lives I still owe you a sequel with my young guns, Abby, Lou, B, and Rachel, all first-generation immigrants teaching English in South Korea. I'm waiting on my trip to Korea to add some live material for the podcast. Thanks for your patience. If you are a new listener, thank you for coming on and investigating the cross-cultural menagerie our TCK lives can be. Take care. Until next time.